Welcome to the Life Unlimited Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice so you can confidently live your life your way for life. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Life Unlimited with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Larry, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you? Fantastic. It's good to be back with you. It's good to see you. You look good. Yeah, we're trying a little bit, a little color from outside, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> not too much color because it is hot out there, sunny, and uh, it'll get you quick. So we're inside podcasting, which is great. What are we talking about today? So we're going to talk about passing some of the errors to avoid when passing money to your heirs. Okay. All right. Well, you're the expert. Let's go. Yeah. So, I mean, before I even kind of talk about this topic, I'm just going to tell you kind of like what we do and one of the steps that we do. So a lot of people, when they come to us, that they think we're financial advisors, that's really all we do is manage money. And that's really not really the case. We're, we're really wealth managers and we have a whole timeline. In fact, I'm going to attach a checklist of our timeline. All the things that we work on the first year a potential client comes to us. And one of those things besides investments is cash flow analysis, asset allocation, insurance, and estate planning. So one of these things in the first in the first year that we go through is go through all your estate planning documents. And I got a few stories to tell some of the things that we have found when going through these documents. So, uh, so I thought we would kind of talk about some of the errors that we've seen and things that you can avoid by going through that. Yeah. All right. Sounds, sounds good. That That's important, right? I mean, that, that's something that you, you have to get right because once it's in place, that means you're gone and you can't fix anything. So you better get it right to begin with, right? Cor correct. So, so what we do and my staff does is we get their wills, their power of attorneys, their healthcare proxies and go through all those and actually call out some of the key items on that. How are the distributions going to be made to whom? Who is the guardian? Who is the backup guardian? Who is the trustee? Who's the backup trustee? Who's the executor? And I can tell you a lot of times people do these wills and they forget about them for a long period of time. And that the other documents, because they're, they're living their lives, they figured out oh, I did it. I don't have to really worry about it. And we've been through some of these documents and we put them in place and we put the summer sheet on. Someone says, well, I don't really want your brother now doing that. He really shouldn't be the, the healthcare proxy or the power of attorney. We mm -hmm. need to make that change. Or my parents were on there, but my father's now in an assisted living facility. So I don't think he's going to be a good person to, to be the trustee. So really going through this and having these conversations so you don't have to change them that often and making sure that they're, that they're your, what you want it to be and your wishes are to be, and then reviewing them. We review them for clients, depending upon the situation, anywhere three to five years, and just at least reviewing the, the main areas of this to make sure that there's still the right people that you want in place. Because we've seen and we've, we've been referred to clients from an estate attorneys after the fact, and then they're stuck with dealing with some non-member family trustees that they didn't really want to have, 
or the wrong person was as the as the power of attorney and that kind of stuck mm. with some of those so it's real important to review these documents and to review them every so so often and like i said we found some of these some of these mistakes i'll give you kind of an, an example literally this this happened a few few weeks ago belinda in my office we were reviewing they had updated their wills because they had moved out of town they had moved to uh to florida and they had all their wills and the documents redone and belinda reviewed them all was putting all the key documents together now this is a, a, a second marriage so there's a child from a previous marriage well the child and the new husband have the same first name i'm not going to mention the name so when we went through the document the name for the trustee was flipped and instead of making the husband the trustee they made the child the trustee and the wife almost flipped out saying that nobody caught that the attorneys didn't caught it they didn't catch it because they were knee deep in that so going through those and just checking that out if this wasn't caught would have been a big problem somewhere down the road yeah I yeah, what a nightmare. I'm sure she was not pleased. She was not pleased. She was not <laughs> pleased that, that that was there. But again, another set of eyes going through these documents and looking at it definitely helped to uh, to prevent a potential problem somewhere somewhere down the road. Yeah, and a, and a lot can happen in five, 10 years, right? I mean, that, that's, that's just it. You could have somebody who is on your documents that has passed away and you just forget that they're part of the mix. And I'm sure that's a nightmare to try to deal with for any of the family members once, you know, once somebody passes and then there's somebody on that list that isn't around anymore. I can't imagine the courts are real happy about having to deal with that as either. Yeah, we've actually, we've actually had a situation where we picked up a new client and there were no more trustees on here. And there was a, the last name was a corporate trustee to a bank that went out of business. Oh, geez. So yeah, that was not a very easy situation to resolve. So, and also one of the other things that we, we find when we ask where the question, where is the original wills? Cause they come in they bring us a copy and they say, well, this is my will. And I'm like, that's not your will. This hmm. needs to be an original will. And, and the original, the original wills are the only ones that a courts are going to accept. Uh, again, uh, we've seen scenarios that unfortunately that the original will was lost and sometimes it works out, but there's a lot of effort and petition that has to go in to get a copy through as an original. So you want to know where the originals are. Some attorneys like to keep the originals in their mm -hmm. own safety, own vault. A lot of attorneys want them to, to go to the clients. So knowing where the original wells and letting the the executor know where the original will is even another important factor. So we've seen we've seen that happen where they say, I don't know where the original wills. This is done years ago. And everything in the document was fine, except the original wills with the attorney. And even the client didn't even remember where the original will was. So they had to call this attorney that they hadn't spoken to seven, eight years. Oh, do you have my original wills? Oh, yeah, we have the original wills. Mm. So, and then what happens if something happens to that attorney? What happens to all those wills? Because usually then at least the client had know who the attorney is. Would the child of that client, if the client died, mm. know where the where the attorney was? Maybe, maybe not. So, uh, so it's real important 
to really go through these documents, know where the original is and know who is named in each, each one of the important documents. Well, let me ask you this, because you see a shift, right? And I, I know that you, you and your team utilize digital assets, right? Everything's going digital, everything's going into the cloud, and you guys utilize some really good software to help people keep organized. Are wills something that can be digital, loaded into a cloud someplace? Because my concern would be that the court would consider that not legal possibly because it could have been changed since it's digital. It's not, you know, it's not in hard copy. What, how does that work? Correct. So digital will not work. So what wow. we put in the portal, we do scan in a copy of the wills. Mm -hmm. We will put a note in our portal where the original wills are held. Smart. And then we will put in our summary page in here. So, and then we go one step further. We actually ask for authorization. If something happens to both of you, can we open up our vault to the executor? And we get that in writing. So if something happens, then they all they have to do is call us. We open up the the portal, and not only are their wills there, all their other documents, all their mm -hmm. other financial information is also there. So, uh, so yeah, so you're right that that portal and that vault and the digital access, and we're gonna we're doing more on more and more on that yeah. to even talk you know talk about that and what to what to do and how to make it how to make it easy. I think I mentioned a different podcast now. We're we're gonna we're working on something called a fire drill, and we're actually going to make believe one of the spouses passes away, and what everything that needs to get done if something needs to get they get passed away and we're going to do this while they're both alive so mm -hmm. therefore when eventually one passes away they were know the steps that they need to do and every and where everything is yeah no that's that is fantastic because and i love the fact that you named the fire drill i mean that's exactly what that's for i remember being in school a couple times a year we'd all have to line up, go out the door, go. We knew the route to go, everything, right? And every step of the way. So that's that's perfect. I think that's yep. a great name for it. Yep. So that's that's coming at a later date. We'll have a pod, maybe we'll have a podcast on that too as well, Eric. Yeah. All right. So what's next? So now that we've talked about all the, the documents, I want to talk about some of the errors that we found with beneficiaries. So let's kind of take a step back. Everyone thinks if they have a will, everything that they own goes through the will. But you know, probably from now, Eric, that's not correct, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that is, I've, you've taught me well. Okay, <laughs> so there's, right. really, there's, really three, there's really three things. Asset titling, which we're gonna talk about in a second, okay. that comes first. So if you have a joint asset, it would then transfer over by title. Mm -hmm. um, then there's also beneficiaries. So the beneficiaries trump the will. So you would have a beneficiary on your retirement accounts and you would have a beneficiary on your life insurance. So guess what? Mm. Those, those documents, those amounts have nothing to do with your will. So, oh, here are some of the great stories that I can tell when, oh when we ask clients to, we want to see all the beneficiaries for all your retirement accounts. And they all say, well, it's my wife or my husband and then my children. Nah, we want to take a look at them just to make sure that they're right. Uh, so what have we seen, Eric? We have seen an ex-wife being yeah, still named as a beneficiary. That, would, that went over really well with the new wife. We have seen two out of the three children named and they left off one oh, child. No. <laughs> 
So that if for some reason they named the child separately instead of all the children. These are real life stories, Eric. Now, again, Man. you know, they're caught beforehand, but these are real stories to make make sure that we check the beneficiaries. Now, one of the one of the key things here, a lot of times we'll see, well, they name their wife and then they name their children. But okay. guess what, Eric? The children are two, five, seven years old. They're not thinking anything. Oh, so I'm naming the children. But you're not going to be able to give money to a two-year-old or a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, depending on what state you are in. The state would then be the one responsible until they reach either 18 or 21. And then guess what? The whole lump sum would go to them. Oh, geez. So you need to make sure that you put in proper language in there. We have a few attorneys we work with and they have certain language in there so that the, there's a trustee that handles money that's going for the children. And so it can either be done that way. It can be done into a trust. There's a lot of different ways to, to do this. But naming a minor child is not the best idea. Now, the odds are, you know, both parents, they'll both survive before their the children are 18 or 21. But mm -hmm. I've seen it twice in my lifetime that both parents have unfortunately have passed away. Um, and the children were a little bit older. Uh, I think the youngest one might have been 19. But still, you want to make sure that that's, that's done because unfortunately, we, you do hear of stories and car accidents and plane crashes and things like that. So you want to make sure that that's named properly. Uh, and not rush, not rush into naming a minor child as a beneficiary on a retirement account or a life insurance policy. So, so let me ask you a quick question, because if, if you do name your spouse, let's say I name my wife and then I have two minor children or three minor children, I'm doing that. Obviously, anybody does that because they want to be generous to their family, right? But mm -hmm. if all of them are named, does it go, and I'm assuming that's what you're talking about, the language has to be very clear. If I name all of them, would it, would the court look at that as an even split of all the finances? It would. I mean, most forms have primary and contingent beneficiaries, okay. so you don't do that. But yeah, if you wanted to name people other than, I mean, there's some, sometimes we have children from a second marriage, so there's four different children that are named, and they're all named as primary, so they split equally. So most of the forms have a primary beneficiary, so you can distinguish between the two. But it's usually in that contingent scenario where you want to do that. Again, some of the wording, the attorneys can say, use the wording from your wills as the executor for the minor children. So there's a lot, there are some things in there. And some of this wording is very long, and some custodians won't accept it. So you have to attach some of this paperwork to that and get make sure that it gets in there and make sure mm -hmm. when the custodian has it, we check and make sure it's right. So it's, it, it is time consuming to make sure the secondary beneficiaries are because a lot of times the secondary beneficiaries, you do want to make your children as the secondary beneficiary. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so it, that is critical just for those unfortunate and rare in instances where both parents may be deceased. And then uh, I learned this from you as well. You've done a podcast on this already, but I'm assuming that as part of this, that rare circumstance that two people pass away, you would have to have a trust built in of some kind to make sure the kids don't get that lump sum at 18 or whatever that could be detrimental to them. Is that correct? Or is Correct. You don't have to have a trust built. You can have the wording okay. in that says it's governed by the will. And a lot of times in the will, there'll be a trust that'll be set up under under the that account for 
certain, you know, for certain areas. Um, it gets a little complicated, especially in a retirement account now, whereby you have to distribute the money over 10 years, but that doesn't right. apply to a, to a minor. So uh, if the money would go to a, a minor, they don't have to distribute over 10 years, but once they become of majority, then it has to be distributed over 10 years. So, yeah. uh, so again, it's, it's critical how you name the secondary contingent beneficiary. Don't just rush through and put that, you know, and put that in there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of, lot of decisions to make. Absolutely. So let's talk about the, the one other item I, I mentioned before, and that was the asset titling. So we've talked about now the wills and the key documents and the power of attorney. We've talked about the beneficiary. But like I said before, asset titling is the first line of defense. So if you have an account, so we've sometimes see, again, I'm going through some real life scenarios and they have their wills. And in this instance, it was a widow and they were, the, the wills shared all the money amongst the three children, but they had one very large account and they made their child, their, one of the children, what's called a POD on that account. Mm. So, um, or a TOD on account, transfer on death. So what would happen then is that account would go to that one child. It wouldn't be split amongst the three children. So, and also the, the one, um, one of the negatives of a TOD account is if that child would pass oh, w- along with the parent along those lines, that money again would not go to the will. So it really, it really is critical. Now, not to say there are not instances where you want to use a TOD, especially maybe a small account that you want to have that'll go to one of the children to maybe pay for a funeral expense or something like that. Mm-hmm. But making sure that the accounts are titled properly. So if you want them to go through the will, that is fine. If you want them joint, a lot of people have joint accounts with their spouses. So if one spouse dies, the money goes to the other spouse. Now, that may not always be the best scenario. Now, one of the things that you may want to do, especially if you're older and you may have an estate tax issue, you may want to disclaim some of the assets on the first death. So you could still do this with a joint account, but it gets a little bit more complicated. So you really want to look and decide, okay, this, this, should this account be tenants in common? Should it just be in one name? Should it be joint? And if it's joint, should it be discussed that on the first death, maybe some of the, this money needs to be disclaimed? So making sure that you title the assets properly to really be done the way you want it to be done is really important. What is disclaiming, Larry? Because I'm a little confused on what that means. So disclaiming is that let's say you have a few million dollars and you have enough money to live on and one spouse dies and the money would go to the second spouse. Mm -hmm. And that second spouse now is going to inherit it and it's going to kick them over the estate tax limit. So the estate tax limit is $11 million for each person, 22 million, it's going to be sunset. But in New York, it's $5 million. And it's called what a cliff tax. So if you're over by a, a few dollars, you actually pay estate taxes from dollar one. That's a cliff tax. Oh, geez. Yes. So in that scenario, the spouse may say, no, I don't want this money. I want that money going to my children because I don't really need it because I want to keep my number below $5 million. So when I pass away, my kids don't have to pay estate taxes. So you can disclaim some of the money along those lines. Now that has to be done within nine months after the first death. uh, And you really want to coordinate that with an estate attorney. 
So, uh, so that's really important. It's really important along those lines. So if you have a joint account and you just go into the bank and the bank just changes it into your name, then it's too late. So, uh, so you really want to have that done. You have that done properly. And if you know you want to disclaim it, then maybe you set up an account, which you call tenants in common. So it's split. So, you know, one half of that goes to the, can easily be disclaimed. Wow. Thank you for explaining that. Cause I, I've never heard that before. And that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'll say from dollar one. That's the, that, yeah, it's ugh. a, it's a cliff tax. And I'll even throw out another item that you're going to find even better. So in certain, well, let's say you're over by like $50,000 mm-hmm. and now that's going to cause hundreds of thousand dollars worth of estate taxes. Mm-hmm. You can add something in there. And again, this is a New York law. Um, you can add something in there called a Santa clause. <laughs> of course it's it a true clause. <laughs> so now that $50,000 would go to charity. So instead of it going okay. to your kids and for, then therefore they would get that 50, but they would pay a lot more in estate taxes. Mm-hmm. That 50,000 goes into a charity that you've named to keep you below the threshold to avoid estate taxes called the Santa Claus. I love that. That's, I that's fantastic. Like that, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that everybody could play Santa Claus in that case <laughs> if they're in that situation. That's great. Yep. So, uh, yeah, and we have those, I have that, you know, my well, so people have that in New York and different, in different, um, in different scenarios where it may, may have an impact. Yeah. Wow. All right. Anything else for today, Larry? Yeah. So, uh, so those are the really the three, three areas that we really talked about. So, uh, so let's kind of review them. It's the wills and the documents, the, Mm -hmm. the beneficiaries, the asset titling, um, and of course, you know, you, we're not state attorneys, but the attorneys draft the documents and sometimes after years, they need to be changed. And some of these other key things need to be changed. So we're constantly looking at this and making sure that everything that you want to pass to your heirs is done so you can avoid some of these errors. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, reviewing is important. Now you said, remind me of the time frame again of when you kind of review these for your clients. And then if there's somebody that's interested that hasn't had their stuff reviewed in a long time by anybody, kind of how they can reach out and have you do that. Yeah. So, I mean, this is part when they come aboard, it's one of the steps that we do along with all the other items, all the steps that we've talked about. So you can go right on, go right into my our website, hellowealthmanagement.com. And you can click on schedule an appointment and go right into my calendar and schedule a 20 minute call with me. And we can discuss how we work and how we can help you. You can also call the office at 631-248-3600. All right, Larry, again, thank you so much. This, this has been fantastic. Great information, man. I just when you said the <laughs> when you brought up that somebody's ex wife was still a beneficiary, it, it literally made my ear tingle, and I had to. I've got headphones on. I had to reach in there. I was like, oh, that just made my eye twitch. I can't imagine the conversation or the <laughs> the car ride home, Larry. <laughs> it was not pleasant. I'm sure. No, it, it, I mean it was a surprise. It wasn't that that he was doing <laughs> it on purpose. It just yeah, it just no one checked it, and it was an old account and. Uh, Yep. <laughs> Ouch, that happens. All right. Well, Larry, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And this was fun today. Uh, yeah, no, it's fun. So stay cool, Eric. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try for sure. Right. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Life Unlimited podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the follow button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And if you're watching on this on YouTube, we'd appreciate a like and a follow is there as well. 
And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually helps other people find the show. Again, thank you for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.